Welcome everybody to the inside pass. Hang on one second. I gotta turn him up. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, <laughs> WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker. That's what happens when you're not prepared for the show to start. Um, <laughs> with, with you on this Tuesday morning, uh, we've got a huge show on tap for you today. We've got uh, Todd Gilliland calling in uh, here in the next segment from Front Row Motorsports. Uh, had a pretty disappointing day um, at uh, uh, Charlotte last week, uh, but they're going to go to Atlanta this week. Uh, so hopefully he can turn his luck around. He led, uh, not, didn't lead, but he was in the top 10 for most of the first part of the race, even scored some playoff points, um, but got in uh, a rack with about 34 to go. And uh, so unfortunately ended his day, but uh, we'll talk about that. Um, also, we've got uh, Jordan Bianchi from the athletic.com website. He broke the news that uh, NASCAR's summer schedule is due to be released this week. It has not officially been released to the public, um, although if you're on social media, I'm sure you've seen copies of it floating around. But hopefully, um, with Jordan coming on, we will get a somewhat official word on what's going on with the summer schedule, at least uh, hopefully be able to break some of the news to you. Um, there's some of the things on the schedule that I've seen that I'm kind of curious about, uh, mainly n- number one and number two, the Xfinity and Truck Series only have one. Well, I think Xfinity has two races. Trucks only have one. Um, in the entire month and a half of that schedule being released. So hopefully that changes because that would be disappointing for those guys to only get the race once or twice um, all summer long. Um, so hopefully that wasn't a completely full schedule. It was mainly for the Cup guys, I would assume. Um, but we'll talk about that as well. Um, and, of course, all of the NASCAR news as well. F1 also broke uh, their news this morning of the first uh, eight races of their schedule, uh, which will resume in July. So we'll try to talk about that. As well, lots of lots of stuff going on. If you guys missed any of the Bristol action over this week, this past weekend, including last night's Xfinity Series race, you need to go watch it. Um, I feel like Tom, the last three weeks of races from Darlington to Charlotte to even Bristol has been some of the best racing I've seen in NASCAR in quite some time. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, honestly, I think that it, there there's been an energy about it that. I think we probably would have expected, given that we were down a couple months, and it's sort of like letting a bunch of pent-up aggression out, right? Uh, some we get some people have the, more than others. But. Well, you know, you get back to the track, and you realize how easy it is to have it all go away, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we just experienced something that we've never experienced before, and you realize at that moment how fragile it all is, and so... If if racing is your passion and, and especially if it's your past, your living, your profession, um, when you get to go back out and race, I think you kind of had have a renewed level of appreciation and enthusiasm about what you're doing. And so these guys and girls have gone out and just put on tremendous shows um, everywhere we've gone. Darlington, Charlotte, it's all been great. Bristol. Sunday to me was very much like old school Bristol, complete with the controversial finish and a couple of, uh, you know, upset people. And, you know, last night seeing Noah Gregson get his second win um, and, you know, and and the little bit of uh, um, humor, (laughs) unintentional humor that we got when he didn't realize Kyle Busch was talking to him and then, you know, suddenly had his former boss moment. You know, and 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 accidentally, um, you know, cost on on camera. Um, I mean, that was the, again. Noah Noah is just one of those personalities that um, he's very unique, and 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 it's and he's kind of refreshing in a lot of ways. And but he is a young man who's worked really hard to improve uh, himself and to and I think. Being with Junior Motorsports has been great for him, and to see him get that second win, I predicted he would win the title before the year started, and I I stick to my guns. I think Noah Gregson, in the end, is your champion in Xfinity, Um, and I think that's one driver who's only going to get better as the season goes on. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, you look at what he did last night. I mean, obviously, you know, the unfortunate situation was is that a, a victim of what happened was his teammate, uh, Justin Allgaier. But at the same time, 
what I saw in him last night is almost a veteran-esque type yeah. of move. I mean, it's something, you know, when you go to Bristol, every driver has this mentality of, you know, if, I, if you're in my way and, and I get to your bumper, I'm going to move you out of the way. And I, we saw it even with the Cup Series race on, on Sunday, uh, you know, which unfortunately led to Joe Logano and, and Chase Elliott, uh, you know, getting into a little bit of a, I guess, heated discussion, if you were, um, which now, after the fact, now we find out that Chase actually cut a tire, which caused him to get into Joe Logano. So it wasn't just aggressive driving. Um, it was just, you know. Do we know that? Because I was. Yes. Okay. It was, it was, uh, it was posted on, uh, on Twitter uh, later on Sunday night. Oh, I, I think it was that. actually early Monday okay. morning that, that they had discovered that the tire actually had a cut in it. So it was a cut tire that caused him to get into um, Joe Logano. So hopefully they've been able to work their problems out. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you see – the controversy in some of these races, you know, we've seen it the last two weeks with Kyle Busch and, and Chase Elliott, and, you know, everybody gets excited about a, a future rivalry, but you think about guys like Chase Elliott, and Elliott's such a nice, you know, humble kid that yep. he, he doesn't want to make enemies on the racetrack, so he's going to do whatever he can to, you know, apologize. And he even said in the interview, look, it's my fault. You know, I, I just got in there a little bit too hard, um, not knowing, of course, you know, about the cut tire now, but... Um, it, it's always funny to me when you see guys like that, you know, get into the guys like Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, the, the guys that you know are the the heels, quote unquote, yeah. um, in our sport. That you know, it, it makes it makes you wish that you had the fans in the stands because you know the fans in the stands would have erupted, uh, you know, in that situation in that scenario. You oh, know, for sure. And then seeing Brad Keselowski come out, come across with the win, being lucky, I guess, for the second week in a row. Uh, or the second race in a row, um, but proving that, you know, even in a contract year, you know, a guy like him is going out there and making those performances count because you never know if, you know, the, these could be your last few wins in, the, in that ride with that team. Well, you know, there's a there's a phrase that says I'd rather be lucky than good, right? And Brad Keselowski certainly has, uh, you know, he's had, he's made plenty of deposits um, at, at the luck bank, Uh in, in the last couple of weeks, but that's great because again, this, that's part of what makes the sport. What it is, 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 you know, he's going to win. No, he's going to win. Oh my God. He came exactly. from fourth or third, right, or exactly. you know, the two leaders crash, you know? Um, and that's really what happened on Sunday. I mean, like I said, that was, that was a, <clears throat> a good old fashioned Bristol throwdown. Yep. And, you know, it, it really felt so much more like a Bristol race of, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago than, you know, than what we've been seeing. I think the, the short track package on the cars has really made a difference. Uh, and, you know, I, I just think you have a situation now where if you just look at what's happened in the last few weeks, um, you've got a rivalry developing this little rivalry thing between, you know, Chase uh, with, with Chase and, and Kyle Bush and, and now you had Chase and Joey and, you know, the fans are, again, it's it, depending on who the driver is, is how the fans react to what happened. You know, if yeah. it's your driver, it's okay. If it's not your driver, then, you know, if you don't like the driver, it's not okay. Um, but it, I, again, the, the fact that we have, had a couple of these incidents like the Kyle Busch chase deal and then chase and Joey the other day, the fans are now tuned in. Right. You know, they're, exactly. They're, yeah. It's, it's, we've, we've had some things for people to talk about and, you know, jab each other about and, you yeah. know, um, and, and so it's just, it feels like we kind of hit a reset button mm -hmm. before we went back to Darlington and everything's different now. Yeah. Um, so, it looks like maybe, you know, we get fans back in the next month or so, at least at some shows. Um, and that'll be great. And I hope that the fans will again, I mean, okay, you know, hate stages or hate this or dislike that if you want. But remember, it could all go away in a heartbeat. Exactly. You know, right. So come out and support it and appreciate it and be involved with it. Um, you know, and, and I got to give NASCAR a, a, all the way around the teams, everybody involved, Fox, NASCAR, a ton of credit for the for the last couple of weeks of the way that we pulled everything off procedurally, policy, you know, all of the, the covid related stuff that they um, because by all measure, I think they outdid themselves and showed the sports world that NASCAR 
the this this sort of bunch of rednecks that half the people still think it is NASCAR could go out and do something and pull it off and lead the sports world back into existence mm-hmm. again. And I, I don't think you can understate that. And every entity is using NASCAR's procedure for the future use. You That's know, right. And, and all the government agencies are telling everybody, hey, if you want to do something, use NASCAR's protocol right. for how we do that. All right, we're going to stop off to the break. When we come back on the other side, Todd Gilliland joins us from Front Row Motorsports. We'll be back with more of the Inside Pass right after this. Five, you have a 40% chance for afternoon and evening showers and storms. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. Erie Insurance says here's to the grown-ups who move, mortgage, mow, and still bust a move. But does your home insurance still fit? Erie helps you protect the home you've grown into. All at fair prices that are often less than the other guys. So how do you find the right coverage? Magic. Nope. Local independent agents who get to know you like this. Your local area agent in Mooresville is Sawyer Insurance. Get a quote at 704-664-4838. Erie Insurance. It's time to drive forward right now at Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. The only Jeep dealer in the Carolinas that guarantees we will beat any new Jeep deal. I-77 exit 28, LakeNormanChrysler.com. You could stop at one of those hip coffee places, fork over five bucks, and get enough to fuel you through about 8.30. Or you can stop at Cat's Patch in Troutman for their all-new line of Cat Daddy coffees. Enjoy frappes, mochas, or just a great cup of joe. All at a great price. Cat's Patch is still the number one spot for the very best barbecue, hot dogs, fries, and tenders. Plus, try their all-new burgers. Call ahead or dine in. 629 North Main in Troutman. 704-528-6669. 704-528-6669. Hey, everyone. This is Robert Carey from America's number one travel radio show. Join Mary and me and Rudy each Saturday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel, talk with newsmakers, share compelling experiences, and explore the world together during the fastest two hours in travel on RM World Travel. This is Justin Lofton. You're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass at WSIC. Thank you so much for tuning in to us, no matter where you are in the uh, United States of America or even around the world, if you're listening to us uh, streaming on our website. Uh, some cool things uh, on the website uh, that came about uh, this last week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Real quick, we uh, were talking about ratings, and we were talking about how the NASCAR race um, is, is getting people to tune in. FS1 earned a 2.93 uh, million viewers for their race on Sunday, which was up um, – by 2.81 last year, so which was the spring race in April. It makes it the most watched race on FS1 since Sonoma in 2017 and the most watched event on the channel since the 2019 ALCS baseball game. Wow, and that was so, for... Uh, for the NASCAR race on Sunday. Okay, for Bristol. The ratings okay. for the Xfinity race will probably be out tomorrow, yeah. late today or tomorrow, because the ratings are always 24 hours behind. All right, we're going to go to the um, strutmasters.com hotline and bring on the driver of the number 38. Uh, normally, it's Speedco. Uh, sponsorship, but this weekend at Atlanta, he's going to have a brand new sponsor from Mannington Commercial, which we'll talk about in a minute. It's a Ford F-150. He races for Front Row Motorsports. Todd Gilliland is on the inside pass. Uh, good morning, Todd. Welcome, and thank you for taking some time out to join us this morning. Absolutely. I'm excited to be on, and thank you guys for having me. Yeah, no problem. So we'll talk about your new sponsor here in just a minute because it's going to be an exciting weekend for you guys having a new sponsor on board, but uh, talk a little bit about uh, Charlotte last week. I know you you guys had a great run going. You guys were in the top 10. You scored some playoff points, and then disaster struck with about 34 laps to go. Talk about the race on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I'd say overall I'm pretty happy with the speed that uh, my front row motorsports team has brought me to the racetrack. Um, obviously, there's no practice. It's kind of tough to um, – you can make educated guesses, but you're never too sure on what your balance is going to be till you get in the race. So um, just a little bit different curveball, but just the overall speed of our trucks has been there, which – I've been really happy with, like I said. So, yeah, we were running, um, I think, fifth or sixth or something, and um, just had a couple different problems. My my transmission popped out of gear, put me behind a little bit, put me on the outside of uh, Ben Rhodes, got some left front damage, and then it was smoking really bad, and I was just racing my way back up through there and um, and got moved, just kind of a racing deal. But uh, 
that's racing. That's why we all love it. Sometimes you're on the good end side, and sometimes you're on the bad side. So um, hopefully we can uh, just keep bringing this good speed to the racetrack. Yeah, so I, now you guys go off to Atlanta this weekend, a track that you've only raced at once, but it's a track that I know that you love a, a lot. So what are you looking forward to? I mean, I, I know you guys want to build on the momentum that you guys are trying to, to, to do, get those playoff points, you know, stay up there in, uh, in the uh, the championship chase. But aside from that, it's, I know you want to go out there and win the race, which is obviously the, the number one goal for everybody. Um, but talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to this weekend at Atlanta. Yeah, I think I- – all drivers really love, um, you know, worn-out racetracks. I think that's one of the things that really makes the racing better. Mm-hmm. Um, places you can move around on the racetrack and still make speed. So um, that's something that, like I said, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Like I've only raced there once, but I've watched plenty of races there in the last two years and um, just trying to get as prepared as possible. And, um, you know, if we have a, a fast truck that drives good, I, I feel like there's no, no reason, like you said, we can't go out and win and, most importantly, get those stage points uh, each and every chance we get. It's been fun to watch you in this new situation, Todd. It seems very relaxing for you uh, and and fun to see front row kind of uh, dip into truck series competition. Can you talk a little bit about how all of that came together? Because it seemed like, at least from, from us looking at it from the outside looking in, it seemed like it kind of came together late in the going before the season started. Yeah, uh, I'm super fortunate to have um, Bob Jenkins, Jerry Freeze, the whole front row motorsports guys take a chance on me in the truck series. It's, um, it's super fun, like you said. It, it's relaxing. We had a great group of guys, and um, you know everyone's working super hard. I'm, I'm working probably the hardest I ever have, and um, like I said, just a great opportunity. But um, obviously with my dad's relationship with, with front, row, front row motorsports racing there for uh, multiple seasons, uh, we've just been talking, obviously I've grown up around Bob Jenkins since I was probably 10 years old. So, um, he's always watched my racing really closely. And, um, you know, the tough part about any team in the cup series is, you know, everyone's doing all they can and it's just, you know, thousands of a second at some point that, that can move you up spots. And, um, you know, I think front row just really wanted to, to showcase that they can be a winning race team in the truck series. And, um, obviously that's what they're working towards in the, in the, cup series as well but um you know just to hopefully contend week in week out make front row motorsports name um you know competitive every week i think that's what their end goal is well they've certainly uh looked good in the cup side of things as well i mean john hunter's had some fantastic runs michael mcdowell's looked good uh you know it feels like front row motorsports has taken a step forward and uh you know is this something where um, you feel like there may be an opportunity for you to kind of climb up through into the Cup Series at some point with Front Row. Is has that been kind? Of, has that been talked about at all, or are you just uh, working the Truck Series right now and and kind of letting the future determine itself? Yeah, I, I'd say we haven't really talked about that much. Um, you know, I think I'm just really focused on this year, and um, obviously that's exciting for me personally to know that. You know, the team I'm driving for, the Cup guys are probably watching sure. me from the same team. Um, you know, that I might one day have an opportunity to do that if I perform at this level um, in front of those eyes. So, like I said, for me, that's another really cool opportunity to um, to have that some guys don't have, um, you know, being associated with the Cup team. So, um, I think that's something that I'm, I'm hoping to work towards, obviously, um, but we haven't talked too much about it right now. So... That's something I need to bring up after I win, hopefully win a couple races here soon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so this weekend at Atlanta, you have a brand new sponsor on board your truck. It's Mannington Commercial. Uh, I, I saw a, a picture of what the car, the truck's going to look like, the red and the black. It's it's really cool. Those are my two favorite colors. So that, that truck is, is really cool to look at. But talk a little bit about the sponsor and, and you know what what, uh, what you guys are, are bringing to the table in terms of having this new sponsor come on board uh, at Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a great opportunity for me to, um, you know, get some of the relationships rolling with, with Front Row Motorsports. Um, they've been talking to Mansion Commercial for a few years now, I think, and um, finally able to get them on board for Atlanta. And then um, they were, we had our car wrapped to Mannington already, um, you know, about a month ago when we were there, and we just about got unloaded, and then we, we had to, you know, button everything back up and go home. So super cool that they stuck with us um, to go back to Atlanta and, um, 
know, all these companies are going through really tough times right now. So I think that makes um, the relationship even that much more important and uh, that much cooler that companies are sticking with guys and uh, you know, hopefully we'll give Manny a good run and uh, make it worth their while. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of the Truck Series schedule, what, you know, what's going to happen you know, after uh, Atlanta. and you, know, I, you have a couple more races on the schedule that you guys know about, but after that it's kind of a toss-up in the air. Do you, is that something you guys think about? I mean, you mentioned you know having not having practice and qualifying does kind of you know mess with your mind a little bit because you're used to going out there and, and getting the truck right and not having to you know just go from the from green flag and trying to adjust during the course of the race. Um, but talk a little bit about how much different the, the NASCAR has been since we've come back with no practice, no qualifying, you know, and, and not really knowing what's going to happen from week to week. Yeah, it's been weird watching because as a fan, I love it. I love the twenty car invert. It makes for great racing. Guys with no practice, people are making more mistakes. The room for error is, is smaller on the team side of it because if you have any small problem during the race, you're down laps and pretty much out of the race. So, like I said, from the fan side of it, I love it. I love watching it. But from the driver's side, I was super excited, and I, I ended up getting so nervous before Charlotte just thinking about all the things that go into making this race car go around in circles. And um, during practice, if you have a problem, you can fix it. Um you sometimes have overnight or even probably eight hours in between practice to the race. So, um, But now, first lap of the race, if you realize you have something wrong, you, you don't have time to fix it. So just all the little things that are going through my head, um, obviously the truck series being the most, uh, you know, guys that don't have the most experience on these racetracks. Even. So uh, it's been really cool. I think the truck series puts on the best racing, um, in my opinion, most of the time. And uh, hopefully we can just keep living up to that with these guys getting more experience under their belt these mile and a half and um you know even me just just getting better and better every week yeah that's for sure i'm jordan uh todd we're gonna let you go uh we've got another color coming on the line but best of luck to you this weekend in atlanta the rest of the season and i'm sure we'll talk to you many more times this season awesome thank you no problem ty gill and everybody we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more of the inside pass right after this This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Cornelius turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Headlines for North Ardell and the region. Here's WSIC News. You've turned in to hear local news, and so have a lot of other people. Your business could be advertising right here. Find out how affordable it can be. Call 704-872-6345, 704-872-6345. Hey, Radio family, it's Margaret Beveridge from the WSSC News Desk. The Charlotte and Mecklenburg Board of Education announced today that a motion by the Mecklenburg Board of County Commissioners would mandate the district abandon a three-year plan begun last year that would bring all hourly employees up to a minimum of $15 an hour. Constraints accompanying the county funding, however, could force the district to eliminate up to 175 positions. A pair of ramps along Interstate 85 in Davidson County are scheduled to close overnight this week as part of ongoing pavement rehabilitation work. Weather permitting the ramp from Lake Road to 85 North is set to close from 8 p.m. Tuesday until 6 a.m. Wednesday and again during the same hours the following night. A detour will be in place following I-85 South to U.S. 64 at exit 96 to access I-85 North. Stay tuned to WSIC through the day for more. I'm Margaret Beveridge from the News Desk. JSCM Group is Lake Norman's cybersecurity expert. With two decades of experience, we work hard to ensure your network is as protected as possible. We simplify the complicated and ever-changing world of cybersecurity, regardless of your organization's size. To start protecting yourself, your employees, and your clients, call Adam Slater with JSCM Group at 704-464-3404. We simplify, we're experts, and we're right here. Again, that's JSCM Group at 704-464-3404. Hey, hey, Mental Fitness Matters family. This week's tip is on adjusting. Let's face it. We are where we are. We have what we have. Switch your mindset and get adjusted to the new normal. Begin to switch your focus on how you can thrive through this and what you can use to your advantage. Is there a burning desire that you've had and hadn't had a chance to do, whether it's because of time, because of fear, or fearing other people's opinions. I'm here to tell you, get out of your own way and thrive. Let's adjust and succeed. There's a problem with coffee today. We throw it in our shopping carts and just drink it out of habit. 
Transform your coffee experience with Black Powder Coffee, roasted right here in Mooresville. Black Powder Coffee gives you a prime-roasted craft blend at a reasonable price. Depending on the bean, you'll taste subtle notes of vanilla, berries, and chocolates with a smooth finish. Pick up Black Powder Coffee at Harris Tier, Ingalls, Publix, La Fresca, The Coffee Lodge, or Lowry Drug. When you're in Mooresville, stop by the roastery, 256 Raceway Drive, blackpowdercoffee.com. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. And I think we uh, had a guest on the line, but uh, hopefully they'll call back in just a second because the line is clear. Uh, but uh, Todd Gilliland uh, was just on uh, a second ago, so if you missed that interview, um, you can always uh, find it on demand. Uh, you just l- l- search for Race Chaser Radio on any of your favorite podcasting sites later on this week, and you will be able to hear that interview as well as hopefully the next interview um, should uh, our next guest call back. Um, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of talk going into to Atlanta this weekend as NASCAR continues to try to keep their momentum going. Um, Atlanta is typically a track that uh, you know people associate with having good racing, just because it's an old surface and it's a it's a track that NASCAR only visits once a year. Uh, and we we do have three races or three series there this weekend, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But hopefully, um, another great series of races. Uh, we just keep this momentum going and uh, talk of. NASCAR possibly letting fans into the stands as early as uh, Homestead in a couple of weeks, more likely Talladega, because I think Florida's still debating on whether or not they want to have mass people in, in gatherings, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens there. Right, we're going to go back to the strutmasters.com hotline and uh, talk to one of the most respected journalists out there. Uh, he is a writer for the athletic.com website, and he was lucky enough to get his... Uh, uh, slick little hands on a copy of the NASCAR schedule, what we think will be the NASCAR schedule, after um, the race weekend at uh, Talladega at the end of the month, which will carry us through to the beginning of August. Um, and so he's uh, probably the, the most uh, talked about person right now because he was the first person to, to break this story. Uh, Jordan Bianchi is on the Stripmasters.com hotline. And Jordan, thank you for taking some time out to join us this morning. I know that I'm sure your fingers are busy of all of the tweets and writing stories that uh, has been going on the last 24 to 48 hours in the most. Yeah, hours. I mean, it's kind of a continuation. It's been that way really since Atlanta, uh, since Atlanta you know, back in mid-March when NASCAR, you know, shut down for 10 weeks. It just, there's been a lot going on between what NASCAR's plan was going forward, how they were going to reschedule races, uh, which races were going to be added, which races were going to be dropped, when NASCAR was going to resume, and then everything else associated with it. So it, it's been a crazy stretch. It, it's nice to have racing back and actually talk about real racing, but there are some other stuff going on as well. Yeah, you, you guys spent about two months really not doing much because there wasn't anything to talk about with motorsports being on the sidelines, and now that they've been back, you guys have been busy, but I think you much would rather be busy than be sitting around doing nothing all day, right? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I honestly, during that, that 10 weeks when there was no racing, uh, there was times when it felt even busier than during the Daytona 500. There was some stretches there where it was it was, it was was very newsy, a lot going on, a lot being reported, a lot being discussed. Um, and it's still that way. And yeah. So it's just been a, it's been a busy time, no doubt. I, I feel like, Jordan, um, you know, us, us included here, I feel like as we kind of got through the last uh, three or four weeks of the shutdown and started to move toward coming back, it, it felt kind of like stop-motion animation because we were going in one direction, and wait, we're going in another direction, and wait, we're going in another And it was almost like every hour it was something different. Uh, but but what I think's come out of it, and Randy and I talked about this in the first segment of the show, is some of the best, most enthusiastic racing we've seen in a long time in the Cup Series. Uh, how do you feel about that? I would agree. I think uh, Sunday's race at Bristol Motor Speedway was fantastic. It it's was. some of the best racing we've seen in a long time. You you had um, competitive. You had a lot of good different guys in the mix for the win. You had a great finish, obviously, with Chase, uh, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano. You had a lot of drivers for some smaller to mid-sized teams that normally aren't you know, turning in good runs that have been able to do that. Bubba Wallace with Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, both Richard Childers Racing Cars were competitive, Front Row Motorsports. Even going back, the Wednesday night race at Darlington I thought was terrific. And I think one thing that's really come out of this that NASCAR needs to be commended for is the fact that they've been willing to embrace different ideas, things that maybe there was a little bit of reluctance to do before for various reasons, but midweek racing, it's turned into something that people are excited about. People have wanted to see this for years. We're getting it now. We had a great race at Darlington. We had a competitive race last week at Charlotte. Uh, They're going to go to Martinsville next week. 
um, that's going to be expected to be a good race. So NASCAR has been able to kind of take this, you know, crummy situation, circumstances out of its control, and, and really made the best out of it. And I think the fact that we've got this, you know, kind of modified invert format for the starting lineup that we've seen at some weeks, that's a great thing as well. So I think you add everything together, there has been some really good racing and a lot of momentum, and it's going to be interesting to see how this carries forward. See, I agree with everything you just said, and I feel like you can always learn something from a negative situation. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that we learned from this the last few weeks is that we don't have to have so much practice. We don't have to be at the mm-hmm. track for three or four days that maybe we can do this a different way and make it feel a little more like short track racing and still get the excitement and the quality that NASCAR is wanting to present. Do, how, I would feel like we need to carry this forward into future seasons and keep some of this in uh, NASCAR's um, you know, policy and, and, and way that they put on shows to have some, some mix up of, well, okay, we're going to do this this week. And the next week we're, we're going to go there and do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, do you agree that some of this ought to be become more of a permanent part of what we do in NASCAR rather than just going back to the way it was before? I agree with everything you said, and I think NASCAR's done a really good job, and I always go back to an expression my mom always told me growing up, which is, you got to learn how to make lemonade out of lemon. Yes. And I think NASCAR's done a really good job of that. I agree. And I think there are a lot of things out of this you can take forward. One, midweek racing on a Wednesday night is yes. a good thing. And I think if you can do it at the right track, Darlington was a great racetrack, uh, Martinsville, I think, in two weeks is going to be a great race. Yes. Those are great venues for midweek racing. And like you said, you don't, you don't need practice and qualifying in every race. With nothing wrong with teams just showing up on a Wednesday afternoon, unloading, um, and racing. And that's it. And I think we've seen that. And the fact that you can have a shortened race. I don't, you know, we, NASCAR's got this love of, you know, traditionally of, of 500. You know, everything's going to be 400, 500. Yep. I don't think you need that. I think you can have, you know, we saw at Charlotte. We, we've seen at Darlington. 300 miles in about a two-and-a-half-hour window is a pretty good number of, is a pretty good number to look for, and I think that's something to keep an eye on. And I think there's a lot of different things out of this. And I, you know, even looking bigger a little bit, you know, there's a lot of talk of how teams can help help the team save money. You know, what can be done? And I think you can look and say, you know, what, do we need to have all of these people on these teams' rosters at 20 deep? No, you can figure out a way to kind of shorten, you know, shorten down these rosters a little bit. Teams are bringing, you know, five, six crew guys yeah. along with pit crews to the racetrack. And they're not having to bring all of these guys. They're not having to bring backup cars to some of these races. That's another way to kind of help alleviate some of these costs. So there are certainly a number of things that you can take from this and say, you know what, these are lessons from that we need to that we learn now that we can apply in 2021 and going forward. Yep, that's true. Uh, so let's talk about the schedule uh, going forward. We know the schedule up to Talladega at the end of June, but after that, what does the NASCAR schedule look like as we head into the summer months? Well, we know that Talladega is going to be in the end of June, and then after that, we're going to go to Pocono. They're going to double header that was announced, um, you know, last year. Pocono is going to be the really well, supposed to be the first, or is going to be the first track to have two Cup Series race, races on the same weekend, and that's going to be on June 27th and 28th. And then from there, the schedules kind of look a little familiar for the most part. You're going to go to Pocono, you know, Pocono followed by Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is another announced date. And then it kind of it. And then we kind of change things up a little bit. Kentucky Motor Speedway is going to have a race, which we knew about. That's going to be on July 12th. And then the All-Star Race, which is traditionally in mid-May, is now going to be July 15th. And that's going to be a Wednesday night race. Um, and that, yeah, And then Texas Motor Speedway, which date is usually in April, that's going to now be July 19th. And then that's going to be at Kansas Speed, then followed by a race at Kansas Speedway on a Thursday night, followed by a race at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on August 2nd followed by a doubleheader weekend at Michigan International Speedway. Michigan was actually supposed to have a race this weekend, um, but you know circumstances and everything going on, that's not going to happen. NASCAR consolidated that into one weekend. Again, this is tentative, very fluid. Um, this is what sources have told me. I would ex- expect to hear an announcement sometime this week, but again, this is not 100% official because these, this situation is so fluid, but this is what it's looking like right now for NASCAR through the summer stretch. So my first question, number one, is I'm from Texas, so I know how hot it gets in July in Texas. So I really hope that they decide that they're going to do this race at night because 110-degree heat in the middle of summer is not a good idea. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at it. I mean, we're going to Talladega on June 21st. Exactly. Uh, Alabama is, <laughs> and, and Alabama and Talladega does not have lights. Um, so that it, it, it is going to be it's going to be hot. Uh, it, it, there's no doubt about it. It's going to be a challenge. Um, but I will say this: it, it's it's not ideal on, on every level, but it works and it gets these races yep. in, and it can do it in a safe and responsible manner. That's the important thing. Like I said, it goes back to what I said. Sometimes you got to make lemonade out of lemons, and NASCAR is doing that. It's going to be hot. But I've been to Indianapolis. I've been to the Brickyard 400, which is traditionally in the end of July, beginning of August. Yeah, it is miserably hot every year yeah, <laughs> until NASCAR moved that. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it's it's not perfect, but it's. I think this can be. This is something that can be dealt with, and I think you know, is it going to be tough? Yeah, but it, everybody will be okay. I feel like that would be the fastest Texas race ever because the drivers are going to be wanting to go as fast as they can to get out of there. So <laughs> don't have to worry about All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, there's a couple more things on the schedule that I'm kind of curious about. So if you'll hang with us, we'll be back with more of the Inside Pass. Jordan's on the line. We'll be back with more in just a minute. When you get in your car this afternoon, tune to News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville and get the latest breaking news and weather for your commute. Listen up, Carolinas. During the Drive Forward event going on now, there's only one Jeep dealer in the Carolinas that has the largest new Jeep inventory, Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. We are the only Jeep dealer in the Carolinas that guarantees we will beat any new Jeep deal. It's time to drive forward right now at Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, located at I-77 and exit 28, online 24-7 at Lake Norman Chrysler.com. For WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Coaster. Overnight tonight, quiet. 64 for the low. Tomorrow, the heat and humidity build. It'll be about 88 under partly sunny skies. And then for Thursday, it's an 85. You have a 40% chance for afternoon and evening showers and storms. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. This is Margaret Beveridge with your latest news. The Atlantic hurricane season starts today and runs through November 30th. An above-normal 2020 Atlantic hurricane season is expected, according to forecasters with NOAA's Climate Prediction Center, a division of the National Weather Service. The outlook predicts a 60% chance of an above-normal season, a 30% chance of a near-normal season, and only a 10% chance of a below-normal season. Make sure you're prepared. Iredell Health System has named Andrew Hennis as director of its food and nutrition services. As director, Hennis is responsible for all food and nutrition services, including patient, staff, and visitor meals. Hennis was most recently a system director of food and nutrition for the University of Florida Health Shands Hospital. He worked in a similar role for Mission Health, which is based in Asheville. WSIC is working around the clock to help keep you informed, so visit WSICFM.com as well as our Facebook page and stay tuned right here for more. They don't have the goods to get rid of Trump in an impeachment or an impeachment trial. Rush Limbaugh! Or the allegation of colluding with Russia, because there isn't any. There's no evidence Trump has done any of this. This has always been an effort to move public opinion in massive percentages to anti-Trump, and it hasn't. And they're lost. They don't know what to do now. Noon to three weekdays on News Talk 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. When you get in your car this afternoon, tune to News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, and get the latest breaking news and weather for your commute. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Wright. Thanks for listening to these guys. Man, what some great radio hosts. You're listening to the Inside Pass. Talk about somebody who had an adventurous night last night. Yes. Price with garlic raising. So. Welcome back to the Inside Pass WSAC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker, got Jordan Bianchi on the line from the athletic.com website talking about the NASCAR schedule going forward um, as we head uh, into the summer months of the season. I want to talk about the All-Star Race. So it's July 15th, uh, tentatively, which is a Wednesday night between Kentucky and Texas. I've heard a lot of rumors that they may possibly put the All-Star Race on the Roval. What have you heard about that? Um, I've heard that. I mean, that's, that's something being discussed. I haven't heard that definitively. I, I would certainly not, I'm not confident in reporting that. I think there's been a lot of different conjecture about what is going to happen with the All-Star Race. You know, it, 
some of the discussion was, well, should NASCAR move it to a different track? And really, it's not a NASCAR call. It's a Speedway Motorsports call. It's a Speedway Motorsports race, which owns Charlotte Motor Speedway. And they're not, they, financially, they really can't move it to a different venue. So could it be put on the roll? It's possible. I've, I've, it's one thing being discussed, but I wouldn't feel confident at all saying that that is close to being happening or close to 100% uh, confirmed. You know, it, it just occurs to me now we've had all this conversation about SMI and the Nashville Fairgrounds. If you're ever wanting to have a really special way to bring the fairgrounds back into mm-hmm. the NASCAR, there it is right there. Mm-hmm. Slap the all-star race on a midweek show over there at the fairgrounds and let's go. Oh, absolutely. Half-mile racetrack, high bank. It's classic short track. I mean, we hosted NASCAR Cup Series races for years. It is an ideal venue, and it would be wonderful if Speedway Motorsports could get in there and and do what they're proposing to do, which is renovate it and bring it into 2020. Um, unfortunately, there's just so many complications. Well, and it yeah, seems like the of city, course. Uh, it, it seems like the city, uh, let's be honest, the city doesn't really seem very keen on, on no. working with, SM, with SMI, which is really unfortunate, but it's a great venue. Uh, it would be wonderful to see it there at some point, and it would certainly be a great way to get NASCAR into a market that is certainly wants to happen. You know, it is NASCAR friendly, yeah. let's say. It would be uh, tailor-made for a race like that, too. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. with the awards banquet being held in Nashville, right. too, so... But the fact that it's uh, the fact that at least we're doing it as a midweek show, I actually love that, and I I wonder if na- there again that might be one thing NASCAR looks at next year. There's no reason you couldn't run this that race in the middle of the week every year and make it a midweek primetime big deal. Yeah, and I think going forward in 2021, we, there's been a lot of talk about midweek races being a regular thing, and NASCAR's goal is to shorten up the season a little bit. I mean, it starts right now in mid-February, and it yep. runs until mid-November. Let's be honest. That's an incredibly long season. It is. The best thing to do is, is, is shorten it up, especially on the back end, get out of the way of, of pro football and college football, and NASCAR's done that a little bit this year. The season is going to end tentatively one week earlier than normal. But the goal is to shorten that up even more. And if you could have some midweek races, you have some cup races, you know, two races, a doubleheader weekend, for example, like Pocono is going to do, like Michigan is likely going to do, like Dover is likely going to do. You can start shortening up these, you know, the, the season a little bit, and all of a sudden you can be done maybe beginning of October. That's true. So one of the other things that I noticed on the schedule, and, and I don't know, I mean, again, this is all kind of a fluid situation. As you mentioned, we don't know if this is the actual schedule that's going to be released later this week. But I noticed kind of a lack of Xfinity and truck races. I think the Xfinity races are on there maybe twice, uh, three times. Trucks, I think, have one or two races on the whole schedule. But they still have a lot of ground to make up in the season because they've missed a lot of races at tracks that don't run cup companion races or a lot of like standalone events on those schedules. Have you heard anything about making up the dates that the trucks and Xfinity races are lacking? Because right now it looks like they're going to, they're standing at about 14, 15 races before the playoffs begin. Yeah, and you're going to see Xfinity races. You know, For example, Pocono is going to likely have both a truck series race and an Xfinity series race when it has a doubleheader weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see you know, in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, there's going to be an Xfinity series race. That's already been announced. That's going to continue to happen. That's actually going to share the same day as an IndyCar race, which is mm-hmm. really unprecedented. You're going to see the likely the Xfinity series at Kentucky Motor Speedway. Um, you're going to see likely uh, the truck series at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, but let's be honest, the, the priority is the Cup Series. That, that's the bread and butter of NASCAR. That's where the bulk of its revenue comes in. That's the, fo- the, the primary focus is getting that schedule sorted out first because that is so essential. And then from there, you plug in the Xfinity and the Truck Series, and NASCAR's done a good job. If they, if they, we have seen so far when they've come back, we've had a, a couple of Xfinity Series races at Darlington. We had one last night at, at uh, Bristol, which was really good, and we had Truck Series race at Charlotte. So one thing you guys mentioned that was standalone races, I, I do think from the, the conversations I've had with people in the industry, is those standalone races are going to be tough financially, economically, for the teams to do, for the tracks to do, um, and even for NASCAR's television partners. And that's why you know Iowa, for example, is not on the schedule. That has been removed. Um, and you're probably going not going to see a lot of, if any, standalone races this year um, just because of that. So it, the, the Xfinity and Truck Series that do happen, the races, those are likely going to be on Cup Series weekend just be for economic matters, for reasons. That changes the dynamic of those two series because obviously the less races that you have, every race becomes more critical in the sense of looking at playoffs and championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it really, and again, these, in some ways, I feel like maybe it isn't a bad thing because a lot of the teams in the Xfinity and the truck series 
are not your elite big dollar teams. So maybe a few less races make it easier for them to get through a season. Um, but on the other hand, um, you know, also, like I said, from a racing standpoint, I love the idea. I look at the modified tour, for example, and they're going to be mm-hmm. lucky to get six to eight races in. You can't have a bad race because you're out of the championship with an eight race season compared to a 17 race season. So the dynamic of that racing is going to change with a shortened schedule, right? Yeah. When you look at the regional tours, exactly like the modified tour, the, the Arca West and East series, it, it, it all of a sudden, every race becomes much more important because yeah. one bad race, you could be eliminated from the championship. And it's going to be interesting to see how those series come together a little bit because, you know, let's be honest, the, the money on those side, it, it's expensive to travel, and it's hard to travel, and NASCAR's, as they put together these schedules, is concerned. You know, we don't want to overextend teams. We don't want to put them on the road more than we have to. If we can't, if we can, if there's a way to have a race and not have to have teams stay overnight somewhere, let's do it um, on the local level. That's easier said than done. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, but I think on the on the NASCAR Xfinity and Truck Series side, it's, it, it, the schedule is going to largely be about the same number of races just because there are commitments uh, to sponsors and other things that have to be fulfilled. Good. So it, it may not be at the, the, the same tracks that were announced because we've already seen, you know, we've already seen okay. you know, races at Darlington, that kind of thing, but you're going to largely have the same number of races. Okay, so they aren't shortening those schedules. They're just going to move to different mm-hmm. tracks, and so the standalone races would be replaced with a race at a yep. different track that would probably be a companion show. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so F one also announced their uh, their schedule this morning, and it's kind of a it almost kind of mirrors what NASCAR is doing with trying to find venues in which they can run multiple races to kind of make up the number of races that they want to run in the season. First eight races, it's eight races in the first ten weeks of the season, taking a break at the end of July, and then again at the end of August. Um, but you've got Austria on there twice. You've got uh, United Kingdom on there twice. Um, the others are, are just single races. But I think what you look at, if you look at what F1 is doing to try to get back go- going again, a lot of these sports entities, uh, you know, racing and, you know, baseball and, and all those are taking what NASCAR's mm-hmm. done and implementing the same kind of protocols in order to get their sport back going again. Because the government has kind of said, look, if you guys want to do something, you know, if, on a main scale, look at what NASCAR's doing and, and that'll be your your you know blueprint for, for future sporting events, uh, at least for the future foreseeable future absolutely and i think when this all started and nascar was really the first major professional sport to come back on a full-time basis there was a lot of there was a lot of attention there is a lot of eyeballs on nascar and for good reasons and bad if nascar was successful in this other sports were going to say hey wait a second this is a blueprint blueprint we can replicate and use ourselves to to return to action However, conversely, if NASCAR stumbled and stubbed its toe along the way, people are going to look at this and go, wait a second, you know, yeah. look what they did. They messed this up. To NASCAR's credit, so far, they've actually, I think they've done everything just about 100% right. And they've done it. You know, you talk about Formula One, and Formula One looking at what NASCAR's done, and it's where can we go to do it in a safe and responsible manner, and where can we look, work with the local, county, and state governments and, and that are welcoming to us? And, and it's been a challenge. I mean, you know, you talk about the, uh, the Great Britain Grand Prix. Um, you know, there's a, there's a travel ban in England right now from people coming outside the country where there's a quarantine for 14 days. Well, you can't have people coming in from around the globe right. to have a, a Formula One race. Um, so how does that work? And it's been a struggle. But like NASCAR, Formula One's going to have some back-to-back doubleheader weekends, which is, is unpre- certainly unprecedented for them. But it, they're making it work. They're making the best out of a bad situation. And really, honestly, from a fan's point of view, those are obviously more fun, right? They're better shows and better weekends. So, you know, maybe out of all of this, we kind of can come up with a bit of um, an upgrade or a modernization, a different look at what a racing season is and how we do it. Um, and, and, And maybe we don't always need to do it the way we've always done it. I mean... You know, that's part of uh, kind of making the best of a bad situation that we can carry forward that we talked about earlier, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And what it is is, you know what, be, what we've learned through this, and I think it's a good lesson for everybody, is, is be flexible, be adaptable. Yep. Yep. You know, be willing to say, you know, yeah, you know, maybe in the past we haven't been open to the idea, but you know what, right now in the situation we're in, we need to really listen to every and all ideas. And that's what is come out of this is is different environment, and I think it's a blueprint for what you can do going forward. And exactly. I think that that is something that you can commend NASCAR for. That is true. Jordan, continue writing great articles, my friend, and uh, you are welcome to come on here anytime and talk to us about anything racing related. I know that it's a, been a busy time for all of you guys, but uh, um, 
we appreciate everything that you do for us. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great time, guys. Pleasure, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you guys again. Not, not a problem. Jordan Bianchi from TheAthletic.com. All right, uh, real quick, we got about four minutes left. IndyCar starts their season back on Saturday yes. after their hiatus. A lot of people are excited about that. They're going to Texas Motor Speedway uh, for the first race back. Some, some news and notes from uh, the weekend. Uh, Firestone is limiting teams to 35 laps per set of tires because of the uncertainty. Last year, there was a big problem with the tire wear. Yeah. Um, so in order to combat that, Firestone's like, look, 35 laps, and you're going to have to change tires because we don't want, you know, obviously a blowout in a NASCAR is way different from a blowout in a in Absolutely. Car. Um, the new Aero screen makes its official debut in race trim. Uh, we've seen a lot of video and a lot of pictures of, of, of teams testing the new Aero screen, so we'll see what it looks like in actual competition this weekend. First race with Roger Penske as an owner of the series. Uh, you know, you probably won't see anything too major right off the bat, but as we go forward through the rest of the season and into 2021, I'm sure you'll see lots of changes there. Joseph Newgarden, of course, a defending champion of the series and defending winner at Texas Motor Speedway, so he'll be back uh, to defend his crown. Uh, James Hinchcliffe is back with Andretti, where he had his first win uh, a long time ago when he first got into the series. Connor Daly is going to run the full schedule with two different teams, which will be an interesting uh, thing yep. to see as well. And uh, this is supposed to be Tony Kanaan's last season, uh, much like Jimmy Johnson's, but with the uncertainty of the schedule being, you know, all around the place. Who knows if he's actually going to retire? But well, he's only running like what six races or something. I was going like to say so. the from what I'm hearing. Um, there's no plan for Tony to change his mind right. at this point. Right. Much like Jimmy. I, yeah, I think both of them are planning to stick with what they started 2020 with, which is the idea that this is their their last uh, full season anyway. And for Tony, it's not even a full season. So. Right, exactly. Uh, so what are you looking forward to about with IndyCar series season? Oh, boy. I mean, look, I, I just I feel like IndyCar, the dynamic is different now. We've we've eliminated some tracks off the schedule. We've we've moved some things around. I mean, the Indy 500 is always Memorial Day weekend. Now it's actually in, you know, mid It's almost Labor August. Day weekend. Yeah, it's almost, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, uh, uh, you know, you've got an extra race on the road course in Indianapolis. You've got double headers at places we don't normally see them. I think this particular set of tracks and the way that they've scheduled it is more balanced than it's ever been before. And, you know, I, I, I feel like this is going to be a very different IndyCar season in the way it plays out because of that. And so I think it's, again, like with NASCAR, I think we're going to see something entirely fresh and new with the IndyCar series. And, you know, again, at Energy coming out at Texas, these guys want to go racing. And, you know, we can have a different discussion whether Texas is a great venue or not such a great venue for IndyCar. I think we've seen races that were not so good and races that were in incredibly good um but i think it is the perfect way to start the season so yeah i feel like the indycar season this year and again hopefully there's some of this maybe they take forward um what works and say look maybe we need to do things a little differently and shake things up ourselves for the long term um so we'll see where it goes but i'm excited to see it coming back some of the closest finishes in indycar history have happened that's correct so hopefully we get those races and not the ones we've had in recent years yep Uh, so we want to thank uh, Jordan Bianchi for joining us. We want to thank Ty Gilliland for joining us as well. And uh, next week, we get to talk to Ross Chastain. Ross didn't have a very good, very good night last night. Oh gosh! Um, but uh, you know, one lap into the race, and you know, he went backward and then got the whole back of the car. I feel up, so. like uh, I, I feel like those two guys, Ross and, and Chris. I feel like they're all in their offices drinking wine spodioti this morning. That's what I would be doing. <laughs> you know I mean. all right, so uh, next week we'll have Ross Chastain on. Uh, our thanks to all of our guests and all of you guys for watching and listening to us. We'll see you Thursday for Motorsports Madness, and next week for the Inside Pass for Tom Baker. I'm Randy Miller. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>